This is the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Podcast with Certified Life Coach Brooke Booth, episode number 91. It's officially summer vacation here, so my kids are home from school, which is great, except as I tried to find a quiet place to record this podcast today, my daughter was making a lot of noise in the kitchen, so I left my office, went into my bedroom, but my window was open, and another daughter was pretty much singing in the backyard (laughs) so I felt like a refugee in my own house but I think I found a quiet place but if you hear children's noise in the background yeah it's kind of like saws this is just how this podcast works okay with that caveat said we're gonna talk about kind of a challenging topic today Recently, I've had a fair amount of clients come to me wanting to discuss alcohol. And not just alcohol, but substances. Cannabis, psilocybin, this kind of stuff. And they they tend to get lumped together and treated in similar ways. So I want to talk about, you know, how to deal with substances in a mixed faith marriage. And I've talked about alcohol in the past, but I'm like, it's a good time to revisit it. Let's flesh it out some more, discuss it some more, give you guys some more um, resources. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to present the sides as I see that. And these are not universal. I see all sorts of situations. Some clients, no worries if their spouse is using alcohol or cannabis or something. It's just not a big deal. Maybe they even try it together. But the address, I'm sorry, the situation I want to address in this podcast is where it's more polarized. Where one spouse wants to try a substance and the other spouse is adamantly opposed. Where there's this clear polarization of views and opinions on the topic. And that's what I want to address here. So again, I'm going to present the two sides as I see it often presented to me some typical ways that each spouse will present and then we'll we'll talk about some ideas to consider. So let's start with the partner who wants to try the substance. These are common um, thoughts, phrases, ideas that I hear presented. They'll say, And by the way, these are all totally valid. Like I am not saying anybody's silly for thinking any of these or presenting this way. These are 100% valid. So the partner who wants to try the substance may say things like, I feel controlled, like I don't have autonomy, like I have to get permission. It may sound like I feel like I'm being treated like a teenager, that that I'm going to go and binge drink or overdose instead of them seeing me as an adult who's responsible and thoughtful. You know, knowing I'd never take risks to harm myself or my children or, or anybody. They might say, I feel like I've been told what to do my whole life and I, I want to try things that most adults in this you know, society have tried. And I, I just want to experience things I haven't experienced before on my own self-discovery journey. They may say, you know, I don't find these substances morally problematic anymore. And I don't see why I shouldn't try them or shouldn't be able to try them. Now, I'm sure there's many more. This is just a snapshot, an idea, some things that I've heard clients present. Okay, let's talk about the partner who's opposed to the substance and how that may sound. 
This one sounds like, you know, I just don't want it in my house. I don't want my kids to see them drinking. They'll think it's okay. The kids will be confused. Maybe it's, I've had trauma in the past with these substances and don't want them in my life. It may even sound like this is a deal breaker. And we'll talk more about that. Um, I can hear it. I've heard it in the past is like, how can't they see how painful this is for me? Why would they even want to consider this when they see how uncomfortable it makes me feel? Or it may sound like it doesn't even make sense that they'd want to try something like this, something that's harmful and risky. And I've definitely heard this one. This is probably the most common one is like, what about the slippery slope? If they try this, what will they try next? You know, if they do this, how do I know when it will stop? It could spiral out of control. And I call that the slippery slope. And again, all of these are valid. 100% valid. So let's talk about ideas to consider. Like, how do we deal with this polarized approach to substances, cannabis, psilocybin, alcohol, whatever, whatever the substance may be? Because it can be quite a polarizing experience and where both sides feel like there's just too big of a gap to cross and to bridge. These are some things to consider. As adults, you get to decide what you think about alcohol or whatever the substance is, cannabis, psilocybin. You get to decide and both people here are entitled to their opinions and viewpoints. You're not silly or ridiculous or irresponsible or like you get to decide what you think about a substance. Now, if you don't want a substance in your life at all, that's your choice. You cannot, um, like you get to make that decision for yourself, a hundred percent your choice. What you cannot do is force somebody to adopt your viewpoint. You can't force somebody not to use it just because you choose not to use it. And, and you know this, this is nothing new I'm telling you, this is just a reminder. But what you can do is you can take yourself away from the substance. Um, you know, you can leave the house. You can, you can, what I like to say is this is where requests and boundaries really come into play. So let's talk about requests and boundaries and how they look like here because you get to make whatever decisions you want here based on your values and so this is where requests and boundaries can come into play so one requests as adults we get to make all the requests we want of our spouses all the requests we want now that doesn't mean they have to comply a request is just that a request but you get to make all the requests you want. I don't want it in the house. I don't want it in front of the kids. I don't want it when I'm around. You can even request. I don't want you to use it ever, ever, ever. You get to make all the requests that you want. And I think we underuse requests. I think we should make all the requests we want to make. But at the same time, what goes hand in hand with that is they get to decide what they want to do about those requests. Requests are not mandates because we cannot control another adult. And we wouldn't want to control. Well, actually, we probably do want to control other adults all the time. But that's just not a choice available to us. But we do get to make all the requests we want. And then our spouse gets to decide ultimately what they're going to do 
with their own autonomy, free will, and choices. The other piece here is boundaries. Now, if there truly is a violation and something, you know, a line is being crossed that does not work for you, then if you set and enforce a boundary, what that means is you get to decide what you're going to do. A boundary is not deciding what they're going to do. A boundary is not an ultimatum or a mandate, like a request is not. A boundary is, you know, let's say your boundary is that you don't want alcohol um, around you, then your boundary could be, if alcohol is brought into the room I'm in, I leave the room. If alcohol is brought into my house, I leave the house. You know, I get in the car and go somewhere else. If it's brought into, you know, the situation, the house, the room, whatever it is, you can even set the boundary that you leave the relationship. You get to decide what your boundary is. Do you leave the room? Do you leave the house? Do you leave the relationship? They're all your choice. You get to decide what you're going to do if there is a boundary violation. But you don't get to stop others from using their own autonomy and making their own choices. Now, if you want to try alcohol, that's also your choice. No one can dictate that for you. You are an adult. It's legal. It's your choice. They can make requests. They can set boundaries. But that does not mean they're controlling you. You ultimately get to decide. They may leave the relationship if you drink alcohol. Like if they communicate that to you, that that may be a consequence to use that word. And that's their right. But it's also your right to make the decision you want to try it if that's something you want to do. And now this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes we don't like when people set boundaries. I get it. (laughs) Sometimes we don't like it. You know, if they say, if you drink, I'll leave. That might change, you know, the decision you have to make or you choose to make. But that's their right to set that boundary, just like it's your right to decide to drink alcohol if that's something you want to do. You're an adult and you get to decide what you want to do. So much of being in a relationship can mean like compromising communication. And I want to talk about that specifically in the terms of substances. I, I notice with my clients that there tends to be a lot more room for communication and compromise on these topics. So let's look at communication first. It can be really helpful to just talk about why do they want to try alcohol? Like what's, or whatever substance it is. There's usually some interesting stuff behind that um, regarding their own self-development journey, regarding their own ability to feel like they have choices and experiences in life. So it might be interesting to find out why and have communication around that. To find out how much, in what situations, with whom, how often, A lot of times those conversations aren't had because there's just so much polarization around the topic that we don't actually lean in and explore and have any communication around, well, what did you want to try and when and how often and how much and who do you want to be with and, you know, what's the plan? What's the protocol? What's precautions have been put in place? A lot of times if we take 
time to talk about it and communicate and understand what they want to try, fears can be calmed and concerns can be addressed. I'm not saying every time, but it's certainly worth trying. And this is a two-way street. You know, what are their concerns about drinking or trying a substance? What are their concerns around how often or with whom or how much or in what situation? And exploring that too. and Just having communication and conversations about it. Rarely do adults, especially adults with children, want to go out and get roaring drunk. Ever. Or certainly not on a regular basis. Most people... Like in the United States, if you look at statistics, are actually quite responsible drinkers. And I know there's exceptions to every rule, and there are addicts. That's a real thing. But a lot of times we jump to the exception instead of the rule in these situations, and we assume the partner is going to you know, lose all sense of self or all inhibitions. And so again, it can be really helpful to talk through protocols and parameters that can be set up ahead of time. And and I'm talking about having this conversation even before you decide if there's going to be drinking or not or substance use or not. Just talking through um, parameters and protocols can be a respectful thing to do so that there's transparency and understanding. Now, again, this is not necessary. Adults get to do whatever they want, but it can be a very respectful thing to do in a relationship, especially when there's heightened concern and polarization on the topic. Okay, let's talk for a minute about compromise. First, I have to say this. You don't have to compromise. These kind of substances, anything can be a deal breaker. I mean, if they snore, it can be a deal breaker. If they leave their socks on the ground, it can be a deal breaker. If they, I don't know, burn... The pasta sauce, it can be a deal breaker. People get to decide what their own deal breakers are. That's part of being an adult. And then I just like to ask, you know, my clients, do you like your reasons for that? Are you comfortable with your value system with that as a deal breaker? But you don't have to compromise on this, these issues if that's not something you want to do. But often compromise can be a real viable path forward. And, and I want to suggest nothing ever is not a compromise. And every day, all day is not a compromise either. You know, there is so much room in the middle here. And oftentimes just opening up and starting those conversations can help to, you to start to explore the room in the middle with your partner. And often just exploring what's in the middle from nothing ever to, you know, every day, lots of it. Just starting to explore the middle, you can start to see options that could work. I'm not saying everybody's going to love it, but they can still be viable options where compromise can be found and the relationship can move forward with respect and communication and compromise moving forward. So if you find yourself in a relationship where some sort of substance like alcohol or cannabis or psilocybin is on the table or wants to be on the table, consider, um, and, and if you're really polarized, 
consider can you make room for some more conversation or curiosity around it and ask questions about it and seek understanding is this something you're willing to compromise on or is this something you're not willing to compromise on and owning that and understanding that as well can be really very valuable to know about yourself moving forward this is something you struggle with um get some help get some help it can be really helpful to get a third party involved and to get some help and not do this alone get a therapist get a coach go out and get my free mini course and see if some tools in there can be helpful to you as you work through these issues um get a on a one-on-one call with me and let's see if coaching like there's so many things you don't have to do these things alone you don't have to stumble around in the dark you know stubbing your toe or poking your partner's eye out on accident like get some help and get some directions so that as you go through these challenging decisions you can do it together and this is what i love to do in these types of situations where it's so challenging and so polarized these can be some of the best situations where the two of you can develop your relationship overcome these hardships and pull together and be even closer after it these can be really great opportunities for growth and connection and closeness if you know if the opportunity is taken and seized and used to its fullest these also can be opportunities for crash and burn and for a lot of um hardship but they don't have to be all right if you're interested in that free course i mentioned earlier just go to my website brookeboothcoaching.com and grab the free mini course if you scroll down You'll see it with some other free resources, but it is there on the homepage. Get it, use it. It's a great place to start if you're really grappling with challenging issues like alcohol and other substances in your mixed faith marriage.